0: Did you take your vitamins this morning? If you're anything like me, you threw your Flintstone vitamins behind the bushes on your way to school. Michelle Wazeki, on the other hand, she has a lot to say about vitamins. When we talked with her late in 2020, she told us all about nutrition and vitamins and why there's a little bit more to them than what they say on their face value. So I recommend, as a future doctor, you to listen to this rebroadcasting of this episode of We Know Some Stuff and take it in good doses. It's Friday at 4pm, you have the radio on, and the radio host introduces that the next segment will be an investigation of science. Yeah, you immediately turn off the radio because you've decided it's better to sit in silence and listen to some hoity-toity scientists talk down about the phenomena of the universe and the interconnectedness of the molecular to macroscopic blah 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 blah. Science radio shows and podcasts can sometimes be dry and not very approachable. But coming up next, I'm going to be having a conversation with a good friend of mine about science. You're still free to turn off the radio if you want, but as a side note, I'm just a volunteer and I don't really get paid, so it doesn't make that much of a difference uh, at the end of the day for me, but I implore you to stick around for a bit. My name is Luis Coloratolo and I'm talking with a good friend, Michelle Rezeki, who's a recent graduated grad student, and she knows some stuff about vitamins and supplements. Michelle and I took a class together all about what happens to vitamins when they enter your body. And yeah, maybe we spent a lot of time texting each other and maybe trying our best to stay awake early in the morning, but we definitely learned a lot about the fate of a vitamin after you swallow it. I think it would be well within reason to say that most everyone has taken a pill of some sort in their lifetime, but do you ever think beyond the promises printed on the label? why the same vitamin can cost so much from a different company, and if taking this pill will actually help you. Michelle is going to tell us what she knows about vitamins. But keep in mind, we are not experts. We don't know everything, which is why you're listening to We Know Some Stuff. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing today?
1: I am fantastic, Louis. How are you?
0: I am doing pretty good over here myself. Can you do us a favor and just run us through that educational history of yours?
1: Ah, yes, yes. Well, I received my undergraduate degree in food science from the University of Massachusetts and my master's degree uh, in food science from the University of Massachusetts. Um, I finished that in May 2020 in the middle of a pandemic and technically still haven't received my degree uh, waiting on UMass to really tell me that I did it.
0: Don't hold your breath on that one.
1: Yeah, okay, thanks. Yeah, so now I'm like maybe a master's graduate, who knows? Uh, and now I'm employed in Woburn, Massachusetts, a biotech company that uses bioreactors to grow and destroy bacteria. And then I harvest their protein.
0: And you're physically there right now.
1: Oh, yes. I am physically there. I need to watch over those bioreactors because they love to foam.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, like, you're legitimately working while recording this, uh, and I can see that the lab in the background, we got some chemicals, we got some computers, and this is this is Michelle living her life right now.
1: 6.45 p.m. on a Wednesday, gotta be here till 8.
0: Whoop, whoop, that is the working life.
1: Yep, they don't tell you this in school.
0: No, no, they don't. They don't. That's why I keep on going to school, is so I can avoid, like, real responsibilities like this. At least they pay me. What time do you wake up in the morning? Because I wake up at noon.
1: So, yeah, I wake up at 7 a.m. on a later day, usually 6.30 to shower. And I'm at the office at 8.30. And yes, I'm in the office because we have limited staff and you can't really grow bacteria at home.
0: No, no, no. That is not a virtual working environment.
1: Nope. So i got to come in. i got to do the science.
0: She's essential, everyone.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're pushing that term a little bit. All right, so Michelle and I, we go way back. Mm-hmm. And by way back, I mean like approximately two years, but it still feels like a terribly long time. Three years? Nah, eh, it doesn't matter. Uh, we go way back, and, and one thing I always remember about Michelle is that at any given moment, she was on some strange, weird fad diet. Yeah. I fall for
1: Why? <laughs> Why? Why? Uh, Why? It always depends on my roommate, ironically. I had a roommate that was vegan, and I was like, well, I can't cut out all of the good stuff. So I switched to a vegetarian diet. Um, right now, I'm in the midst of, like, FODMAP, which is getting rid of a bunch of fermentable things in your diet. That one's difficult. Uh, but I can tell you that my bowel movements have been very regular since starting it, so that's a good
0: yeah sure
1: but yeah fad diets um, they are fun
0: yeah I mean if I could like name fad diets we could probably spend an hour just naming them yeah Uh, there was keto which was super popular but I refuse to do keto why is that
1: why is that oh
0: keto okay here we go
1: (laughs) I won't go too much into it but keto I mean you're basically entering a different metabolic state that your body doesn't want to be in And metabolic state just means the way your body processes calories you're eating different foods and you're changing the way your body is bringing you energy but unfortunately that's not the natural state our body wants to be in so as soon as you reintroduce those normal energies that we're getting the normal carbohydrates um, your body completely reverses back to what it likes to be in and then your keto the weight you lost on keto whatever great you're getting it back
0: Yikes, so it's either keto until death or yeah. just a yeah, yikes. I
1: And who who wants to eat ground beef and butter all day? Not me. No,
0: not me. Not me. We got things like the the South Beach diet. That was like one of the the hot ones way back when. I've seen things like the the jello diet or people that do uh, apple cider vinegar shots every day. Lemon There's water. <laughs> lemon. My brother does the lemon water. It's a very sore topic. I do not want to talk about the lemon water.
1: I know. I'm trying to, I watch uh, this guy on TikTok who fasts for 24 hours. Oh, and yeah. And a span of 30 to 45 minutes eats 2,000 calories.
0: Ah, that's called OMAD, one meal a day. I, um, I know people who do week-long fasting legitimate like it's called a water fast if you've ever heard of it before and a lot of times they go to like these retreats because you've like shouldn't be like standing up on your own and they go to like these seven day retreats and they just drink water for seven days and they have like nurses in case you're you know gonna die or whatever <laughs> that's safe so that's, like, that's exactly my point. It's, it's, someone says, like, yeah, this is a good idea. This is what we're going to do.
1: That's like deserted island diet. The deserted island diet. Because all you can get is water. And you can't get food. So you just starve for a week. Yeah, that's normal.
0: <laughs> that doesn't sound good. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietician. No. Not my field, but I'm going to go ahead and say with good confidence, that doesn't sound good. No,
1: it doesn't sound good. Uh,
0: so what did, you, what did you learn from all of these fad diets that it brings you on the show today?
1: Well, uh, this is more through the vegetarian, almost vegan diet that I was on for like a year. And you, surprisingly, don't get all the nutrients you need when you cut out a big portion of them. Or if you're a picky eater and suddenly decide that you're going to be vegetarian, um, you are absolutely going to be missing out on the nutrients that you need and you're going to notice a difference in everything. You're going to be more tired. You're going to see your hair kind of lose its shine and your nails are going to get brittle and all these lovely things are going to happen because you are not feeding yourself properly. And you know what? In hindsight, I should have consulted a dietitian. That would have been the best option for me but instead, like many others, I took to the internet. What did mm. I Google? Top supplements to take as a vegetarian.
0: Okay, yikes.
1: Um, being the food scientist that I am and the researcher that I was at the time, I was a little skeptical. I'm reading these articles and I'm seeing all these different vitamins, like vitamin K. I don't want to say manganese, but manganese sounds right because I remember thinking, like, a very niche mineral. That's weird.
0: I remember that one always being, whenever I had lectures about it, I always remember manganese being the, like, this one that you need to take supplements if you're vegetarian because it's, like, only found in red meats, I think. Yes. Like,
1: something like that. There's just a whole list. Definitely the, if you're cutting out meat, you need the um, omega-3s. So you need those. And I'm reading all these lists, and... I'm looking at the supplements and you mm-hmm. go on Amazon and look at the supplements. You're like, why are they at so many different price points? Why do they come in so many different forms?
0: Is fish oil not fish oil?
1: I mean, you can get a powder version
0: of fish oh, oil. Ew, ew. Could yeah. you imagine eating a Okay, continue.
1: So, yeah, during my supplementation um, research, we were in food biochemistry together, our favorite class. I'd Absolutely. give it a five star Yelp review.
0: Five star Yelp review for sure.
1: Um, And we were learning about the way our body processes the foods and nutrients that we get on a daily basis. And what got me thinking was, if I spend $20 on this thing of vitamin D gummy, is this going to be bioavailable for me? Is this going to be bioaccessible? Bioavailable and bioaccessible are two different definitions.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are two different definitions of words. You got bioavailable and bioaccessible. Uh, how about I tackle bioaccessible and you go for bioavailable? Works for me. All right. So bioaccessible. Let's take a spinach leaf. Uh, maybe in the past you have heard that you know spinach has just as much iron as beef in it. Uh, they say like you don't need to eat beef because spinach has as much iron in it. Well, the thing is is that the iron's kind of locked up in that spinach. In, in the way that it's organized within the leaf, which makes it very tough for you to get to it. So we would say it is not nearly as bio-accessible. We can't assess it. So that is what bio-accessibility is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Even with all the chewing in the world, it's not going to... Make that vitamin whatever coming out.
0: Yeah, honestly, you could you could puree it, you could put it into a smoothie. It's not going to be as available or accessible as uh, it is in founding ground meat. Mm-hmm. So uh could you now walk us through what bioavailability yeah. is?
1: So we have our limited amount of bioaccessible iron from spinach. And if it survives the digestion process and is able to be absorbed into the bloodstream. And start circulating through the bloodstream the iron may have an effect on the host, and that is what bioavailability is is the ability of that compound to get into your bloodstream and start having an effect because basically the blood brings everything around the body and if it can get to like your your pancreas after you've eaten it the iron gets to your pancreas it could have some effect and that's what a lot of these companies claim with these supplements is they say if you take me I'm going to get this iron straight to your pancreas and I'm going to have an effect and your pancreas is going to feel so great because you took this supplement. And that's just not true. So
0: let's help me clarify something mm-hmm. a little bit. Why why is it so hard to get to your blood? Like what, 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 what's happening along the way? We have a lot of steps before we get to blood, don't we?
1: If you are injecting something straight into your your vein that's 100% bioavailability but are you injecting your nutrients every single day no you're eating your nutrients and in digestion there are a lot of steps before you can get to the bloodstream you have to swallow it down and when it's in the mouth you're chewing it and you're helping it become what is it called the um
0: a bolus a bolus that's like one of my favorite like random definitions i know It's that wet wad of food in the back of your mouth that swallows down. It's covered in, like, spit. And your spit has, like, uh, stuff that breaks it down more. It's disgusting.
1: And that nice bolus makes its way down your esophagus and eventually jumps out into your stomach, where it's met with a ton of acid that's there to just break everything up. Essentially, the first thing that leaves is your water, and then the, the fats and... And the food compounds are just eaten away by the enzymes in your stomach and the acid. And then eventually it moves down into your intestine where you can still have nutrients pulled out. It's just there are certain steps in this process that um, these vitamins are trying to target. So they're hoping that, okay, if you take this supplement and it hits your stomach acid, it'll just leave with the water. And then the water will get absorbed by your intestinal cells and then make their way... It's a bloodstream.
0: So then that water, it gets rid of the shell. Let's say maybe it's like the shell on on the pill, the capsule. Mm -hmm. And then, and only then, does this break open. And now we have a whole bunch of, if we're going with our iron example, we have a whole bunch of iron that is now available to be absorbed. And in the small intestine, the long one that looks like a long snake. Uh, In that small intestine is when the chemicals are going into your body. Mm -hmm. So if it's not available by the time it exits the small intestine, it's not going to go into your blood. For the most part.
1: You're going to lose it. You're probably going to poop it out. Mm -hmm. Um, Your body is not going to take it.
0: No, no, no. And you're going to have
1: wasted your hard earned money.
0: Not only that, but like, uh, you're not doing anything beneficial for yourself. Mm -hmm. You might even be doing something bad for yourself.
1: Yes, that is a very good point, Lewis.
0: Why, as you mentioned earlier, are there multiple price points? I mean, fish oil's fish oil, iron's iron. What's the difference? Why pay 20 when you could pay five?
1: A lot of this has to do with the encapsulation method. Um, So when you're buying a supplement, you're going to see this one comes with this type of coating, or this is just our standard coating, or this one is in an oil emulsion. What a a fancy word that is. And um, basically, they are setting these different price points to say this is more effective, this is more bioavailable. So, you know, you would assume that the emulsified in oil vitamins, is going to be more bioavailable and it's going to be more expensive. I'm telling you, like those,
2: mm-hmm.
0: those
1: vitamins are always more expensive versus the simple little capsule that you can get from Walmart for $7 for 60 capsules.
0: Oh yeah. You ever go to the, the dollar store and they got like the vitamins at the dollar yeah. store. I always looked at those, so I was like, but like some vitamin better than no vitamin question. Like, eh. I mean, we have two
1: different classes of vitamins. So yes. Ooh. So are okay. fat soluble vitamins? are vitamins A, C, E, and K, and then the rest are water. (laughs) I'm just, there's too many. There's too many for me to think about. Off the top of my head, vitamin C. We all love it. You have a little packet of it. You can just dump it in your water and supposedly not get a cold. In general, the water soluble, you can just take an excess and be fine. I mean, that is the definition of pissing away your money.
2: Because if you buy, love it.
1: you got to, this is where I learned a lot through research papers and articles by dietitians is once you go past that daily recommended value, you're wasting your money. You're peeing it out. Your kidneys are like, hey, look at all this nice stuff that I'm going to filter out. It's not going to absorb it into your bloodstream. It's going to take what it can and then just out.
0: Yeah, because uh, sometimes you look on the back of a package and it says like, oh, this has 300% of your daily dose of vitamin C. You're only getting about 100% of that, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Depends on you and your body. Mm -hmm. But the rest is getting flushed.
1: Yep, straight down the toilet. Nowhere
0: else. Nowhere
1: else. else. And that's the killer of it is they're going to pack these supplements full of what you don't need. And they know they're Mm -hmm. giving you a lot and they know that you're just going to keep taking this pill and wasting your money and thinking you know it could have an effect if you really aren't getting a lot of vitamin C that would be kind of crazy in today's diet like
0: yeah that would be tough you'd have to be a pirate basically yeah. back in the 16th 8th, or 15th centuries you know sailing without any citrus
1: even if you think you're not getting enough vegetables in a day you are you are getting enough <laughs> yeah, vegetables you most in likely day are. it's a good to point get the amount of vitamin C that you need Um, We've
0: set the bar pretty low as humans.
1: (laughs) Oh, we really have. So, like, you know, those vitamins, they just, sure, you can take them. What harm is it in taking them and getting excess? You're just wasting your money. You could just eat a rich diet. You could eat more. Literally, you could just eat more spinach and get enough vitamin C.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, every leafy
1: green, everything has vitamin C. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Um, now, here's an interesting point, though, is that you got a lot of these water-soluble vitamins, but not all vitamins you should take too much of.
1: No. No, you should not. There are consequences to taking too much of a supplement. And this happens more with our uh, fat-soluble, so vitamin A, D, E, and K. There are different forms of this. I've actually looked into vitamin K. Um, Back in my pseudo-vegan days, I had convinced myself that I had a vitamin K deficiency. Mm. Very hard to get a vitamin K deficiency.
0: Doesn't your body even make vitamin K on its own? Yeah, It does. If you have the correct bacteria in your gut to do it.
1: There's not. Would you might not. Yeah. Most likely you are, because there is a class of bacteria in your gut. This is something I studied for my master's. Just saying. Um, But there are a class of bacteria that produce pretty much all the vitamin K that you would need in a day. Very cool host microbial interactions happening there. But basically, you don't need to take a supplement of it. (laughs) You're going to get a lot of them, uh, a lot of vitamin K1 from vegetables. So I was eating enough vegetables in a day, I was fine. But I, of course, convinced. So I looked into it and I was taking a vitamin K2 supplement and that supplement was a powder. And I should have known Ooh. a fat-soluble vitamin in a powder form.
0: Not working.
1: Not working.
0: Not working.
1: But I paid probably $10 for a bottle of 60 capsules. So I was like, this is great. I'm a poor grad student. I'm getting all the vitamin K I could need. I was lucky enough that, like, I was recklessly taking this vitamin K supplement, and I went to a regular checkup at the doctor, and they were asking about all the supplements I was on. I said, oh, yeah, I'm taking vitamin K. And my doctor looked at me and was like, why are, you, why are you taking vitamin K? If you're eating enough vegetables in the day, you should be fine. You don't need to take this supplement. And, I mean, in hindsight, I probably wasn't even getting any vitamin K through this cheap pill that I got yeah. off Amazon. Uh-huh. Um, but there is a toxicity for vitamin K. Basically, you get really anemic, yeah. the vitamin K is good for blood clotting um but if you start getting too much of it it can affect your blood cells uh i started looking that up and got really freaked out and stopped taking that supplement immediately
0: Mm, that is why they always say consult a registered dietitian before making health changes
1: yeah yeah i should have definitely talked to someone before (laughs) i went and bought those nice supplements
0: well, you you didn't piss that one away, but you definitely yeah. lost that money. Mhm. Uh there are more vitamins that are uh that can be toxic. I think mm-hmm. one famous one that people will bring up within nutrition circles is uh vitamin A. Oh yeah. Yeah. And vitamin A is super important. Oh my goodness. That's uh you ever hear like carrots are good for your eyes? That's uh the vitamin A that we're talking about. Um, And it it really can help uh, prevent blindness um, and a host of other uh, things. But the thing about vitamin A is since it's fat-soluble, it gets stored up in your body,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: right? So if it gets stored up too much, it becomes an issue. And uh, one great example or or kind of excerpt about this is that a polar bear liver. If you were to eat one polar bear liver, you would potentially die from overdose of vitamin A because uh, they have a lot of uh, uh, fat, uh, fatty liver that is filled with vitamin A. And this was found out from uh, a number of native peoples in Canada who like would always say like avoid the polar bear liver. Um, and that that is the reason for that.
1: I'm glad I do that for when I have to go hide in the Arctic.
0: Yeah. See, now this yeah. is a fun fact. If anyone finds themselves up in the great North Arctic, you know, avoid the polar bear liver. I imagine that's, that's if you avoid the polar bear in the first place, you'll probably be in a better situation.
1: Yeah, those things are vicious. I wouldn't want to yeah. hunt that for food and then
0: Not cuddly. have
1: this liver to deal with.
0: Now, are, we talked about different ways that it's encapsulated, the way it's packaged, whether it's a pill or a capsule. It's got this shell, that shell. We talked about having too much or having too little, but... Once again, what if I had, you know, one bottle of pills that was, you know, using the same type of encapsulation method as another bottle of pills of the same quote-unquote vitamin? Mm -hmm. How do I know that they're the same quality of vitamin? You don't. Oh.
1: You'll never know. (gasps) I won't? We joke about the FDA uh, study. Yes, the Food and Drug Administration of the United States. We love to joke about them and say, oh, the FDA doesn't do anything. It's almost kind of true because they were very limited in what they could do. Um, they're in charge, along with the USDA, in our, of ensuring the safety of our food supply, a very important, massive beast in the US. We have a lot of people, a lot of people in a lot of places, and they need food, and we need somebody to look over and make sure that those food items are safe, and that's what the FDA does. Back in the 90s, they were looking to And the range of the FDA. Because again, we want our food to be safe, but we also want our supplements to
0: be safe. Mm, So food and drug, right? Mm -hmm. So that's going to be food and drug. Well, well, that's kind of, that makes sense. (laughs) So supplements, we're considering a drug in this case. But not supplements. Well, why? They sound like a drug. They come in a pill. You take them in the morning. Why are they not a drug?
1: Well, these supplement companies were not happy when suddenly a government agency was going to crack down on them and make them show either your product is safe or your product is effective or mind blowingly that your product is safe and effective whoa whoa why would why would that be a thing um, The safety is really what it came down to I think there was um, I don't know which supplement company, and honestly, it's probably better not to say as to not tarnish their name and reputation because I can guarantee that they are still making vitamins to this day. Yeah, don't Um, want to
0: make powerful enemies in the vitamin field. No, I
1: don't want to ruin my career, uh, and neither do you.
0: On this local Canadian talk radio show that plays once a week. I'm
1: putting myself out there.
0: Yeah, right? (laughs) Options available, everyone. Don't not hire Michelle.
1: Yeah, please hire me. I mean, I love this job, so wait a couple years. I don't know, this was really fun. Um, This company was producing a supplement that actually killed people. It was unsafe. What? Yeah, so because of this, because of a string of deaths, the FDA said, hey, we are the Food and Drug Administration and we like to study the safety and efficacy of drugs and food ingredients. We would also like to study the safety and efficacy of supplements. As soon as this bill was introduced, to Congress, it was met with tons of backlash and lobbyists from the supplement industry, who Mm. said they were taking away people's rights to have control of their own health. Mm. Because, I mean, let's be real, Americans have terrible diets. But if Mm -hmm. we can fool them into thinking that a supplement will help them with their diet, because supplements are natural, Mm. as you know, we give them freedom of choice. And they lobbied hard against this bill. And so the proposed bill ended up being the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994. This had a famous ad with Mel Gibson.
0: Oh, God, this is a timepiece. This is a period piece already.
1: In this ad, Mel Gibson's house is raided by the FBI. Oh, God. And why is he raided? He had vitamin C supplement
0: and they were coming in to
1: take his pills away from him it was his choice (laughs) to buy those vitamin c supplements he's allowed to take them if he wants to yikes and that was what they used on television to convince the american public like hey call your senators call your representatives tell them you do not want supplements to be more regulated you do not want your supplements to be safer tell them that because you're going to get them taken away by the fbi
0: Until the Um, mill Mel Gibson sent (laughs) you. Yikes, the 90s.
1: Yeah, yeah, like the choice of actor. I mean, today it would probably be like Gwyneth Paltrow.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that is like 16 episodes of this yeah. show. We don't have time for that. So the the Food and Drug Administration, they regulate a lot of things. And some examples might be when you buy a sandwich at the grocery store, they it says maybe it's 350 grams. They go around and make sure that that is 350 grams. If you have a package that says it has 150 calories per serving, they go and find out if it actually is 150 calories per serving. Mm -hmm. So they're they're more or less preventing a company from getting away with a little bit of shady business. But when it comes to supplements, you're telling me they don't actually have that power?
1: Nope, they do not. Um, The Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994 made sure that supplement manufacturers don't need to receive any sort of approval from the FDA before they make a supplement. None. They just, just make one.
0: So, <laughs> this is is blowing my mind over here. All supplements don't have to be regulated. I'm assuming that there are definitely some very good ones out there, and there are probably some very well-trusted brands and, and, and good stuff, but when it comes down to it, there is nothing legally binding them for actually putting what they say isn't a vitamin in the vitamin.
1: Yeah, um, that is a real problem is we see self-regulation is what they're calling it in this industry. Um, You know, you can look at the colors industry. So our um, natural colors, our synthetic colors that we add to foods are highly regulated by that industry because they know uh, if they mess up, there could be a very dire consequence. Um, and they do a great job of regulating themselves. They have a lot of third parties come in and like regulate them and help them stay safe and trust the product that they're putting out. You know, it is not, it's not the case in the supplement industry mm. where I think they've done a bunch of studies where they've actually looked at supplements that are being sold and like vitamin C, it does not contain as much vitamin C as it says, uh-huh. or it doesn't actually contain, it literally just contains powder.
2: Mm.
1: like you can buy and i think that really comes down to like the cheap stuff you're buying in the drugstore yeah the dollar store or, kind yeah, of Yeah, the stuff. dollar store is that you know maybe at one point there was some vitamin c in there uh but there certainly isn't by the time you're buying it
0: yikes um, it, yeah it could go bad over time and yeah the shelf everything life goes bad
1: over time and these yeah. things just why have safety testing? If we don't need to, it's a waste of time. Well I
0: mean, if they don't need to, I could uh, totally understand why they wouldn't. Yeah, So you got those shadier companies that are making supplements, uh, you know, buyer beware. I think that's kind of the moral of all of this right now.
1: Yeah, it is a buyer beware, and I think a really big thing for me personally as a consumer uh, and as someone that is, you know, food scientist and educated on food and how I digest things and all that fun stuff is even if a product is safe, is it going to work the way they claim? Mm. Because they're not doing the research. They're not proving that these vitamins do what they say they're going to do. Mm -hmm. They can cite a paper from a research article and research is very different from real life.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: And, you know, feeding a rat, pure vitamin C is very different than a human taking a six-week-old pill of vitamin C remnants and hoping that the body absorbs
2: it.
0: Yeah, we actually had an episode last week where we talked about the difference between a, a human study, a mouse study, and how something's done in a test tube. So it's, yeah. it's really interesting that you're bringing this up, and I didn't even provoke you to bring it up.
1: That's the reality of it is mm-hmm. companies can make vitamin blends. So up to this point, we have been talking about, you know, vitamin C, iron, but most of the time, if you go to these trusted brands' websites, you'll see a woman's health vitamin, Mm. and you'll read the description, and it'll say, oh, citrate has been shown to do muscle relaxation, and and this compound has been shown to do that, so what did we do? We mashed them all together in this pill, and we've created this product for you, and is it the best bioavailable, bioaccessible pill Is it even encapsulated in the right thing? No, Mm -hmm. it's just a pressed powder of different things.
0: Mm. And if you
1: take it, maybe it'll have an effect. Maybe. They don't know because they haven't done any research to show that it actually does what they're saying it's going to.
0: Well, those research tests, those are very, very, very expensive. And they take a very long time.
1: They do take a long time. So folate has been highly researched as an integral vitamin for the development of the fetal brain not an infant a fetal brain so mom should take folic acid supplements when she is in the early stages of pregnancy to help the fetus ensure normal proper neural function and that's well studied and I think a lot of companies capitalize on that and they'll say oh here's some folic acid and some biotin and some of this and that and they're giving you all these extra vitamins when really it's just like you the only thing we know that truly works and helps the baby is folic acid. And so a lot of these supplement companies will up the price because they're throwing these extra supplements, uh-huh. these extra vitamins in.
0: Kind of a perceived value situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because you know
1: the folic acid is going to help.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if the, if it's with the folic acid, it should help, which mm-hmm. I could imagine convinces a lot of people. Exactly, I mean, I think at one point in my life, I had a bottle of, like, men's one health, one-a-day situation. I definitely owned that at one point. I haven't taken that in years and years now, but I fell for it. Yeah,
1: every, and it's hard not to because you take a step back and you know when you're not having the best diet. You know when you're not exercising enough and treating your body right. So you think, oh, this supplement, they're telling me it's going to help me. Mm-hmm. And if I can just spend the money and it'll help me well why what's the harm in that? Eh, you're just wasting your money. It's just marketing.
0: It's marketing and who knows if the company's being honest. And I think it it's worth re uh stating that we are not saying all companies are like this. No. There not? are some great trusted brands out there. Uh there are companies that even do their own research and do their own tests. Those are typically more expensive though.
1: Yes. Yeah. They are, Um, and you really have to, even when they do their own tests, you really have to look and read and try to go into reading that research with um, an unbiased opinion because I've seen, like, these lollipops that are supposed to be, like, meal-suppressant lollipops.
2: This company
1: has, like, a research paper showing that feeding mice the compound that's in the meal-suppressant lollipop um, does indeed suppress their appetite huh um so they did a research paper to show that in mouse models so even there it's like if they're doing their own research you should still be skeptical
0: and yeah i mean and you know when in doubt when in doubt and we circle back to this a few times today when in doubt talk to a registered dietitian yeah these people that is their job they went to school specifically for this topic they know what they're doing
1: and they know what's ridiculous and unnecessary. I have a friend, a very good friend that is a registered dietitian. And if I sometimes I like to just poke fun at her and bring up, oh, I started taking a, a vitamin C supplement today and just see her eyes bulge. <laughs> and just, she knows. She knows that you may not necessarily need that. And she was sitting next to me watching me eat my lunch every day. And she knew I didn't need that. So just be fun to poke fun at her with supplements.
0: Yeah, to really torture her with. <laughs> that. Well, you're really the one torturing yourself, or at least your 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 wallet.
1: Yeah, I would say I really tortured my wallet. Um, I bought some expensive supplements, thinking that they would really help me. And I can tell you, in the end, I felt no difference. I wasn't even experiencing the placebo effects. Of everyone knows the placebo effect is, but I'll define it, which is you know taking something and thinking it's going to help. And sometimes that can have an effect of thinking it's going to help. No, it didn't even do that. There was just absolutely no effect for me. I was taking these probably $20 worth of vitamins.
0: All right. So what would you say, if you could wrap it up, what is the moral of the story from today's uh, conversation?
1: Don't fall for marketing ploys. Ooh. Yeah, that would be my thing, is do a little research into something before you start spending copious amounts of money on it.
0: Well said. It, it looks like vitamins and supplements are a very deep and dark topic. Uh, there has been some intervention from uh, the free market, and mm-hmm. even the way that they're made may affect the, how effective or ineffective they are. So uh, that sums everything up really nicely. I want to thank you so much for sitting down in your lab at your desk and having <laughs> this conversation with us.
1: Thank you for having me on the show.
0: Well, there you have it. Michelle walked us through all of the things that she knows about vitamins and minerals and how we eat them and what happens after we eat them and why some of the information that we might find on the label might not actually be 100% true. So at the end of the show, I always want to have a fact check because true to the name of the show, we know some stuff. There is a lot of stuff we don't know. So how can we have a true and honest podcast about science if we don't address the fact that we are not always right whenever we're talking. So we thought it would be important to clarify something uh, that we discussed a little bit in length but could always use another round just to make sure that we uh, got it locked in our heads. So to clarify, uh, a vitamin saying that it does something and if it actually gets to the blood to do that something, are two very different concepts. So, all iron supplements are not equal. Let's say if iron helps your liver, you don't necessarily know that the iron you're taking is designed to get to the liver. And that may be the difference between one supplement and the other. How effectively does that iron get to its destination? So that causes the differences between the supplements in that system that uh, delivers them, which may increase the price or it might be from a different brand. And that's truly how a lot of these supplements differ. And I said it once and I will say it again. We only know some stuff. So following is a blooper from the recording that I had from Michelle when we originally filmed the show that shows that, you know what, sometimes we don't always know our stuff. But give us a little bit of time and we'll figure it out.
1: We have our fat soluble, which is vitamins A Uh, A, A, D E K. I can never remember if it's B
0: or E. So we'll
1: redo that part. I have a master's in food science, and I can't remember my fat-soluble vitamins.
0: And there you have it. Keeping true to the show's name, you've just listened to another episode of We Know Some Stuff. And that concludes our rebroadcasting of Michelle Rosicki's episode of We Know Some Stuff. Now, whether or not Michelle, to this day, knows her fat-soluble vitamins, we do know that she has already changed her job position, but she is still fermenting things in large tanks and still, for some reason, doing some strange fad diets. Honestly, I feel like it's something different every single week that I talk to her. So thanks for listening to this rebroadcast episode of We Know Some Stuff.